friends, we hope you enjoy this sermon from St. Jude Oak Cliff. And if nobody has told you today that they love you, we do. But more importantly, God does. Thank you all this morning. Thanks for coming out to St. Jude. Um, I'm doing something that's not new. It's new. Uh, there's, a, there's a writer by the name of Brad Jerzak, and I've actually met him a couple times. Really sweet guy. He did a thing called the Gospel in Chairs several years ago. And he's actually taken people around the world to train them in that. But he learned it from an Orthodox priest in Colorado Springs. He's the first guy to do it. But this is my adaptation of that, of what does the gospel in chairs look like? Um, because Nike gave me the challenge, a good challenge, like, okay, Mark, you've been saying that Jesus is God and God is Jesus, and that the Father and the Son are one. What's the practical implication of that? Well, the telling of the story. And so the God juice is the, I call the good news of Jesus is God juice because it nourishes us. I'm going to talk about it in chairs. So I'm going to give you one version of it that I kind of heard growing up, but I had problems with it, and then I'm going to tell the retelling of it the way I think it shows the union between the Father and the Son, okay? So first, I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. When he, that's Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, he enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, quote, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. That's Jesus. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the Holy Scripture. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and intentions of all of our hearts and minds be pleasing and acceptable to you, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus says he, he proclaimed the good news. Now, that word proclaim is a word that's translated proclaim. is the word kerygma. Have you guys ever heard that word before? Like the kerygma? The kerygma is simply the proclaiming of the gospel. The gospel is what Jesus did in his life, death, and resurrection. But the way we do the kerygma, proclaiming it, changes everything. So I'm going to give you a version of how I kind of heard the story or the proclamation of the Gaju story of Jesus when I was a kid, and then as an adult, and it just didn't quite fit, because there was just some conflict. So this is my God use in chairs. Um, this is God, this is us. In the beginning, God made us, and he made us good. And he put his family in a garden, and they did good. Until they didn't. And they turned away from God. And then God went to them and said, where are you? You've not done good. I'm turning away from you. You have to go out of the garden. They went out of the garden. God had his family later on. He started again with Abraham. Abraham and God had a covenant. They made a deal. God says, I love you, Abraham. They made a covenant together. And Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteous. God told Abraham he'd bring a son. But, God, but Abraham didn't quite believe him. So with his handmaiden, with the servant woman in his house, 
he had a son, and he turned away from God. So God kind of turned away from him. But God didn't turn away from him for long because he still said, our deal is good, and I'm still going to give you a son of promise. And he did. So God gave him a son. And it worked for a while until it didn't. Then God said to Moses and Abraham and those kids, my kids are in trouble. And Moses, I want you to rescue them. And Moses said, okay, I'll do it. Until he killed an Egyptian and he turned away from God. And then God turned away from him. Sound familiar? But God is very patient and says, one day I'm going to send my son, the Lord Jesus. And he's going to be born and come into your family. And here's Jesus, and here's God the Father, and Jesus and the Father are one, and Jesus lives a perfect life and does everything really good until he bears our sin on the tree. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. But then Jesus, bearing all the sins of God's people, is on the cross. And what we hear in some of our songs, and what we think we understand when Jesus says, my God, my God, why have, I forsaken, why have you forsaken me? We think that Jesus became sin and died. And when he died, God turned his back on him. Because God's too holy to look at sin. But thanks be to God, on the third day he rose again from the dead. And when he rose again from the dead, God the Father turned to him and said, well done. And then God says, there's good news for you. If you turn to Jesus, I'll turn to you. But if you don't turn to Jesus, I won't turn to you. And there's the good news of the gospel. There's the Father, here's the Son, and here's the Holy Spirit. So, want to be adopted into this family? Which one are you going to sit next to? Which one? Well, this one loves me as long as I do good. This one loves me all the time, that's Jesus. This one I don't know that much about. So there in that suburban again, which one are you going to sit next to? You see my point? Okay, you think, well, wow, wow, but that's how I heard it. I know, but that's, that's not the story. So what's the problem with that story? One, it doesn't comport with your experience. If you've had an experience with God, he's the one pursuing us. He never lets us go. We may run from him, but it... So this pursuit side doesn't sound right. And the other part that I have trouble with is that this is a judicial model. This is a, um, a legal model where God punishes sin. But you know what? That doesn't go far enough. God doesn't punish sin through Jesus. He destroys it. Punishing sin doesn't take it away. But destroying it, oh, that takes it away. And God's not just a judge. 
He's our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. God created all things. Every human being is made in his image. Every human being, in some degree, is God's kid because they bear God's mark. He's a father, first and foremost, who loves his kids. And he doesn't punish sin. He destroys it because sin is killing us, and he kills the thing that's killing us because he loves his kids. Lastly, what's problematic about this that when Jesus does the very thing the Father asks him to do on the cross, we say that the Father turns his face away. And we get that from Psalm 22. We think, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what it says in Psalm 22. But Psalm 22 is just the first line of the psalm. And in Jesus' day, remember, the psalms were not numbered. That's how you knew he's talking about Psalm 22. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You read the rest of the psalm, especially when you get to verses 23 and 24, where it says that God has not abhorred the affliction of the afflicted and he has not turned his face away when he cries out to him. The father never turned his face away from the son. That's why Jesus said at the very end, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. It is finished. And when Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, he's not trying to convince the father. He's expressing the heart of the Father. Oh, Father, let's forgive them. They know not what they're doing. They're not separated on the cross. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, the apostle tells us in the Holy Scripture. God was in Christ, not against Christ. Does that make sense? Okay. So, if that's, so you're thinking, well, what is that? that has a lot to do with our imagination. How's the story, how's the story work now? How does it make sense? Okay, well, let's go back. Is this one God or is this one God? Is this one? Okay, there's God over here. Thank you. Okay. God made all things good, and every day after creation, he said, it's all very good, very good. He made his family. He made his kids. His kids rebelled against him, and they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they turned their back on God. And God said, hey, kids, hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Where, where were you going? Wow. We're, we're naked and we're afraid. Why are you afraid? What are you, what are you wearing? Those are funny clothes. I know. We're, we, we ate. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to get some clothes for you. And for a little while, uh, I'm going I'm to give you another place to live. Because you can't stay in this state. Because I'm going to send someone to take care of this. Because I'm your dad and I'm not going to let you die. I'm going to send a seed of the woman who's going to not simply judge or punish the head of the seed of the serpent. He's going to, to crush it. So I'm going to send you out for a while. And then those first parents had a kid, Cain and Abel. Remember that? And Abel gave a good sacrifice to God. Um, but Cain didn't. Cain, instead of giving God a sacrifice, he actually killed his brother. And then God came to Cain and said, hey, hey, where are you going? What did you, do? Did, what did you do? Where's your brother? I don't know. Did you do anything wrong? I don't know what I did. Um, yeah, you did. You murdered your brother. Oh, it's his fault. It's his fault. He's blaming, blaming, blaming. And then, then, then Cain turns away from God. And God doesn't turn away from Cain. In fact, God follows Cain east of Eden. And he says, I'm going to give you a mark on your head. And no one's going to judge you. No one's going to punish you. 
Ooh, do you start to see the difference now? Do you start to see the difference? This God is always in pursuit. He's always in pursuit of us. And then God, God sends Abram. And they do have a covenant together. But Abraham did turn. And he had a son by the handmaiden. And God never turned his back on Abraham. I'm still going to give you a son. And from that son is going to be born a child. And from that child is going to be a nation. And then God gave a king, King David. And God said to David, of your throne it will never ever end. And then David turned away from God and had a child by the wife of someone else, Bathsheba. And God says, even though you did that, I'm not going to turn from you. And I'm going to come to you. And I'm still going to give you a son. His name is Solomon. But you can't do that anymore, David. Okay, I won't do that. Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me, Lord. Psalm 51, right? Okay, don't do that, buddy. And then from David was born a son. And then God had prophets. And those prophets came to Israel. Those prophets, in the name of God, came to Israel and said, God loves you, and you're wandering from me. In fact, in Jeremiah 32, the, the people of God were so mean at one point, they were sacrificing their sons and daughters in the valley of Hinnon. Gehenna. You know what the word Gehenna is? It's the word hell in the New Testament. Jeremiah 32, 35, they were sacrificing their own kids and the prophet Jer and they turned their back on God. And God said, you sacrificed your kids in the valley of Hinnon, in hell itself. And that's something that I would never, ever do. Did you all hear that? Jeremiah 32, 35, I would never sacrifice my sons and daughters. I would never sacrifice my sons and daughters that way. What? Oh, what happens next? God sends his son into the world, born of a virgin. And there are people in the world, if we'll make this Jesus now, there are people in the world that a lot of people don't like. And when Jesus was born, some of the people that most people don't like were shepherds. They were bad boys. They were high school dropouts. No one liked them. Bad kids. When God announced his son into the world, God said, I'm going to go to you guys. Hey, 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 I really love you guys, and I've got good news for you. I want you guys to tell everybody about this Jesus. But first of all, I want you to go find him and go worship him yourself. Oh, we get to? Yes, even though others reject you, I'll never reject you. Oh, that's wonderful. So they, they go tell Mary and Joseph about Jesus, and all is good. And now here's Jesus, and here's us. And he finds people all the time that everybody rejects. There was a tax collector that climbed up in a tree. Nobody wanted to talk to him. Jesus said, I'll talk to you. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, you come to my house today. I forgive you. And then Zacchaeus believed in Jesus, and he gave half his money to the poor. And there's other people that people rejected. There's a woman who had... Uh, one husband, two husbands, three husbands, four husbands, what? Five, what? And the guy she's living with is not her husband, what? Are you kidding me? Jesus goes to her in John 4 and says, hey, hey. And there's a guy that was physically handicapped. 
Some people don't know how to deal with people with physical handicaps. We don't know how to handle them. So what we tend to do is, you know, make it difficult for them and turn them away. And this guy had good friends, and they heard about Jesus. And even though people are turning away from him, they went up to the house where Jesus was, was living, and they, they knocked a hole into the roof. And everyone wanted to see what Jesus do. Ooh, he just ruined your house, Jesus. Your mama's house, your dad's house. What are you going to do? This handicapped kid. And he says, well, let's just get this first thing out of the way. Um, your sins are forgiven on earth. Your sins are forgiven. That's the first thing he said to the men. The, your sins are forgiven. Oh, I can remember a sermon that one of my profs gave, gave at, at, at seminary. And the prof actually said, Jesus really didn't mean it when he said your sins are forgiven on earth. Those sins weren't forgiven until after the death and resurrection of Jesus. I thought, God just says your sins are forgiven on earth. And the whole point of this is that to prove the fact that I can forgive sins on earth right now, uh, take up your pallet and walk, and he did. He did. Oh my goodness, this is good news, isn't it? Isn't this wonderful? There was another woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And they wanted to put it on Jesus, see what he would do if he would cast a stone. You remember that? Hey, where was the guy that was... Where was he? Hmm. Whatever happened to him? It's a setup. They set her up. They set Jesus up. Jesus, you're going to cast the first stone? No, 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 no. He's scribbling on the ground. I forgive you. Go and sin no more. You have a new clean slate. Brand new life. Go get him, girl. I love you. I forgive you. Jesus comes into Palm Sunday in Jerusalem. Here's Jesus. He comes into Palm Sunday and we say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, and we love him. We love him until Thursday and then until Friday, and then we turn our back on Jesus. And we say, crucify him. And he's crucified. And he dies. His friends are scared. They're upstairs on Easter Sunday night. What do we do now? Jesus rises from the dead and he goes into that room with those scared apostles. And what's the first thing he says to you? Hello there. Peace be to you. Hello there. Oh, and they were scared. And then he forgave them and he had his glorified wounds, the wounds that they caused. And he says, I love you. I forgive you. And I'm going to breathe on you the Holy Spirit. And he breathes on them the Holy Spirit that will never leave them, nor forsake them. Oh, this is a way different story, isn't it? And I don't know about you. You can do whatever you want to run away from God. That's what I did when I was a kid. I love you, Lord, but I really want to do things on my own. I know you do, Mark, but I really love you. What's going on, buddy? Let's talk. I know, but I just want to have my own way. Come on, give me a little bit of a break. Yeah, I know, but you're not going to be really happy without me. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's been my story. 
Isn't that kind of your story too? Isn't that how it works? You can run, you can run, you can run, you can even run all the way to the grave and die. And Jesus says, oh, I'm not afraid of that because you know what? I have the keys of death and hell and I know that. And even there, I won't leave you alone. Because His love is an everlasting love. God the Father sent God the Son and He does all things pleasing to the Father and the Father is well pleased with Jesus. And God the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit to live in our bodies. And God always loves us and presents Himself to us to be His kids. What difference does it make when you keep God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit unified? This is the God's use in chairs. This is the difference that it makes. This is why we tell people about Jesus. Our imaginations need to be reignited to a much more beautiful gospel, a much more beautiful telling of the gospel story. God loves us so much. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because we're all his kids and he wants all his kids home like any really, really good papa or mama. He wants all his kids home, and he means it. He desires all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, and that truth is Jesus himself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for this beautiful story. Please help us, Lord, um, reimagine the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament in light of who you actually are because, Lord Jesus, you are what the Father has to say about himself. And we believe you, and we love you, and we will follow you all the days of our life. We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.